everybody, it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ronma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Yeah, I have to actually tell uh, Streamlabs to compress the size of the video so it doesn't go off kilter like that. Mm. I don't know why it does that, but, you know. And yes, I could download from the Twitch archive, but the audio quality wouldn't be as good, so, you know. Anywho, welcome to Anime Jam Session. This is episode number 429. We are at a podcast that talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm Gigi Run Mess. That's Ichigo Gami. And down there, the Angry Mandy is Mako-chan, because her webcam's acting dumb-tarded, and I will be replacing it later this week. I think that's everything, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it got it done in under three minutes. I'm just saying. <laughs> I what Whatevs. <laughs> okay, fine, 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 fine. Anywho, um, let's go around the room. How was your week? How was your day? Well, Chan, kick things off. Um, let's see. My week uh, has been taking care of the cat because the cat got sick this weekend. And playing Pokemon Go. Yeah. And taking care of the cat and playing Pokemon Go. Mm, how is the cat? Uh, he is doing absolutely fine. He is currently laying on the bed, uh, basically waiting for me to come to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> My human. Yeah, pretty much. You are our best cat mom. I try to be. I try to be. Better you than some others. I, you know, yeah, I could, you know, better than some. <laughs> Ichigo, how was your week? How was your day? Uh, it has been. Uh, I don't know. It's been kind of quiet, but also kind of busy. Um, I guess as some of you guys know, I do volunteer with local conventions and stuff, and uh, I have some stuff in the works. That has been kind of going slowly, but yeah. I know we'll ramp up really soon. And then I also just got confirmed that I will be at the Katsukon Fashion Show. So if you find yourself Woo-hoo! in the D.C. area, I am hoping um, to have like five plus different looks. Um, so if you're into J fashion or J fashion adjacent stuff, definitely come see me. Um, but otherwise, that's pretty much been my weekend day. Well, that's good. Glad to hear that. Yeah. All right, so my weekend day has been good. Things have been a little quiet at work because the holidays are coming up. Well, Thanksgiving, that is. And people are leaving now for their for their trips and so forth. I'm going to give you all a little bit of advice. Much as you want to leave on a Wednesday for your Thanksgiving, don't bother leaving on Wednesday. Just saying. Not just saying, but it's... The trains and the buses and the airline, it's just going to be crowded. Absolutely crowded. Wednesday is, at least from the reports that I was hearing, Mm -hmm. is the worst day. This today, from, I want to say they said from like 3 p.m. till 7 p.m. is the worst traffic Mm -hmm. you're going to face this whole holiday weekend. So, best of luck to you guys out there. Yep. Now, basically, I have traveled to visit family on on Wednesday, 
And I've endured it because it's a short trip, like an hour or two tops. But more than that, I really wouldn't. I would just say, you know what? Catch an early flight or bus or train Thursday morning. Do that. Or if you really want to leave Wednesday, leave late Wednesday night. You know, save. That way you can go home, kind of relax, make sure your stuff's packed, and be on your merry little way. Because when I realize, you know what, I'm just going to go out on Thursday, I go through like Greyhound or Penn Station or whatever, it's quiet. I can hop on my train, go where I got to go, and be on, and go, you know? What more can I ask for? Now, coming back, it's very hit or miss depending on what time that I leave. So, you know, there. Uh, other than that, um, let's see. I got one of my Kickstarters that we discussed on, a, on an episode earlier this year, and that will be part of my weekly nerd swag when we get to that. So, yeah. Yay. And speaking of weekly nerd swag, uh, this is the part of the show where we talk about some of the cool stuff that we have or we're working on, and we want to share it all to the world. So, there we go. So, we can see Ichigo. She's beaming. She's smirking. What you're working on? I, unfortunately, guys, I don't tend to get a lot of geeky swag stuff, so I don't tend to keep a lot of it around. I mean, I have a lot of art on my walls and stuff like that, but I don't buy a lot of merch. I just kind of, like, accumulate things every now and then, but right. I guess maybe I can show one of my favorite art pieces. Mm -hmm. Here we go. So I have this piece that was done by a good friend of mine, and she's part of the DC... Uh, like illustrators area they work um they do a lot of like community building and stuff within graphic design and comic books and illustration mm -hmm. and it's just really cool um but yeah i love cat skeletons and I so um this is an illustration of a city built within a cat skeletal structure which i thought was really really cool and yeah in general it's one of my favorite pieces that i have on my wall so it's super neat. Awesome. Unfortunately, we can't see uh, what Mako Chan is showing off. But if there is a link, oh okay, <laughs> if there's a link, I could post a picture of it if if I can, if we can find one. Uh, hmm. Huh. We can do I that. Can attempt that. Well, yeah, go for that. That would be kind of cool, you know. Okie dokie. Um. Well, why don't you go with yours while I'm looking this up? Okay. Alright, so... Let's see, let's go ahead and let me let me uh, move this out the way. And move this over here. I'm just trying to get a couple of things here taken care of. Okay, so... Like I said, my, my for my weekly nerd swag, it's something totally cool. Um, I, was, I was going to show off, so... This is it. Now, we talked about this on a prior episode about Animigo kickstarting a Gunsmith Cats Explosive Edition. And I just want to show off that I got it. Awesome! This is my second copy, technically my first, because uh, they shipped them out. It was delivered, I, according to U.S. Postal Service, it, it was delivered last Saturday, but I never mm. got it. So... Um, the guy behind the, the Kickstarter, Robert J. Woodhead, I contacted him, 
And he shipped me one directly to my job. I'm like, better safe than sorry. So check out these awesome uh, postcards here. These are nice. Yeah, these, were nice. these were drawn by Kenichi Sonoda. So that's really cool. And what's interesting is that when I called the post office to find out about my package, they gave me the address of who, of where it was, which is kind of shocking because they were like, oh, we would never do something like that. That's one of my neighbors. And I ran into him, and he's like, I never got anything. So, it's cool little... Maybe uh, it'll turn up. Sometimes you have to report it. If it's been seven days, you can usually report a lost package. Well, I actually, I don't even wait seven days. I will wait mm. till Monday, because there have been times packages have come, have to say, been delivered on a Saturday, but they show up on Monday, so... Well, in our system, and just for anyone else who buys Nerd Swag... They'll say just delivered, and if you check the um, like the information or the transit number, mm -hmm. it'll usually mean that it's been delivered to the like the source no, no, of no, no, your no, no, mail. No, 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 not that. No, I'm not even talking about that. I'm actually talking oh, okay. about where it says delivered, dropped in the mailbox on a Saturday, oh. and then it doesn't show up till Monday. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, my thing is, they have GPSs. Yeah. I mean, you could look at the house on your GPS and be like, oh, this is not the right one. I mean, mm -hmm. the number of my apart of my house is right on the front. You can't miss it. So, so here Well, it is. I know sometimes they're they're scanning like bulk scanning just so that they can have higher numbers, but But they also get paid by the hour, so there's no excuse to rush. But anyway. Yeah. Here is the the Blu-ray goes with Cat's Explosive Edition. I'm probably going to pop it in and watch it tonight. So, <laughs> I mean, I had this on VHS, lost it, got the DVD. I think I let someone borrow it and it disappeared. Mm -hmm. So now I have the, the Blu-ray and this is not leaving my sight. And also here is a little art book, the explosive art of Gunsmith Catch, where you can see some of the, some of the hand, some of the drawings. Awesome. I think that is so cool. Yeah, I've been collecting a lot more art books in my old age. Like, um, like when we were in Japan recently, mm -hmm. I went and like searched for the old school like card captor yeah. and clamp ones, and I found a few. That's Needless good. to say, I will be making all the costumes. <laughs> <laughs> Does this mean I'll be I'll have to be Carochan? Not that I don't mind. I like I mean, being mascots. Yeah, we could get a little group together or something i know i'd want to dress up john my husband as yui uh and then i don't know oh patty would make a great tomoyo sure you could even use your normal hair <laughs> well you just I'm made down things, for anything you just made things a little bit easier for her you should be so proud of yourself <laughs> Hey, easy cosplay is easy cosplay, and school uniforms are usually super comfy and super easy. True. So, any luck on finding um, the image? Or I am posted it into the chat. Okay. Yay. So, what I am also going to do is I'm going to take said picture and post it in our little, in Skype as well, so people can take a look just in case. Those of you who are not watching live, um, no, I don't want you to do that. And not for nothing, as I'm looking up this picture, mm -hmm. I'm noticing that it is a collectible, and it's actually going for about $170. Ooh. 
Ooh. Hey, that's pretty legit. And how much did you originally pay for it? I have no idea. I probably got it in 2006. <laughs> and that's the bust that she has of, I believe, a la carte. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. From Helsing. Yep. All right. I've never seen him look so normal. Um, if I'm looking at this right, I'm trying to actually, from what I'm seeing, they're calling it the Yamato bust. Hmm. But I'm like, hell, I'll, I'll take, you know, some figure that costs, you know, a little bit and have it go to $170. Sure. <laughs> there you go. That's that's always nice when your um your figurines appreciate and are actually what some people consider an investment. Yeah, I mean, granted it is not going to be top quality pricing since it is out of the box. Mm. Yeah. I mean, but even even if you put it in a glass display case, it's still worth something. Yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to. Oh, yeah. yeah, I've always wanted it because this is a. Uh, this actually has a, another piece to it for mm-hmm. the full collection, and it's um, a base just like for Alucard, but instead it's Walter, and mm. it actually has his young form and his old form. Mm. Oh wow! That's pretty cool. I was going to say, the resale market of a lot of figurines is still pretty pretty up there anyway. Mm-hmm. Just be careful of who you buy it from if somebody's reselling. I just saying. Yes. Okay, so it looks like Yamato is the uh, company that makes it. It's an extra story image figure. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Hold on for a sec. I'm going to bookmark to open it later. I'll get on that in just a bit. All right. So now that we got that out the way, I'm going to go ahead and hide this. All right. Uh, my next topic, something I wanted to talk about real quick. It's not part of the lineup. I really didn't want to put this as part of the lineup because uh, even though we don't get a lot of traffic here on on our uh, Twitch stream, I just don't need um, idiots on coming in running their mouth i i'm I'm just like yeah no i i i'm not having that and if i can just get it to properly adjust okay so i will make this as short and sweet to the point as possible so for those of you who don't know i've been cosplaying for about at least 20 years i am not your typical cosplayer I cosplay whoever I want, however, the best way I can, and I have fun with it. And granted, because of the color of my skin, I will get flack for it because I'm not character accurate. To that, I really don't give a fuck because I may not be that character's color, but I pull in the personality and I can roll with it and people still have fun with it. It's gotten to the point nowadays that various cosplayers of color who want to cosplay 
or who currently do cosplay, it's become a rite of passage to get shitted on by the general populace because that per because you're cosplaying their favorite character and it's not up to snuff and they want to give you grief for it. There are people who who kind of want to stop cosplaying because of that. Now, if I can just get this to work properly, uh, there is a cosplayer. Um, she uh, her Twitter name is Vanel, and she actually mentioned that she was quite nervous about um, co about cosplaying. So, and as you can see, she's cosplaying Nezuko from Demon Slayer. I think she's a cute Nezuko. I think she did a really good job. Personally, my favorite part of this whole cosplay itself is her hair. I absolutely love it. But she got so much hate for it that she locked down her um her Twitter account and just like, no. But she's still going to continue cosplaying, and I'm very proud of her for doing that. Now, here, here, here is the beef that I personally have here. There is absolutely no need for this. Let somebody cosplay. If they're not doing it the way you think they should, shut up and go about your business. If they ask for criticism or whatever, then yes. If not, just go about your way. If she is not cosplaying Nezuko the way you want to, go look at another Nezuko cosplayer. There, We all cosplay the same character. Some people will put their own personal spin on it, this or that. If it's not up to what you want, find somebody else. But also, again, there is no need for, you know, for the vitriol of calling her out, you know? This is her very first cosplay. Y'all should be ashamed of yourselves. And on top of that, as I'm watching this go down my Twitter feed, there are a lot of popular cosplayers out there. I am not naming names because... I'm not in the mood for it, and I'm not going to turn my podcast into a soapbox of calling out known cosplayers. But it seems that a lot of them have seen this come across their feed, haven't said anything. And I don't think that is fair. I don't think that's right. There are a lot of us cosplayers from the old, current, and new generation that are popular and influential that should be saying something. At the, the, the calm people now tell them, look, let her cosplay. It's not that big of a deal, you know? Let her cosplay, let her have fun. But it seems like maybe one or two popular cosplayers are saying something about it. And yes, there is um, prejudice and racism within the community. And, and I have said it amongst some of my friends. And, and it's personally, it's because of shit like this is why I don't really follow many of these cosplay groups because half of them just want to sit there and shit on a cosplayer because they think they're stealing their thunder or they think, oh, the cosplay is not good. Let people cosplay to cosplay. And as I've said, do you know what we are really? We are a bunch of fucking nerds running around and fancy fabrics having a good fucking time. Why do you want to ruin it? I do hope one day this cosplayer comes, you know, gets back to what she wants to do and continues to cosplay. I hope I cross paths with her and I take her picture. And you best believe I will put that picture up there and be like, look, she 
whoever she's cosplaying, it's great, it's amazing. Show her that love. That's it, you know? This is 2019, it's going on 2020. We really shouldn't have to be, you know, having like these long tweets and posts and comments about the bullshit and the racism within the community. And you have these quote-unquote uh, popular cosplayers who are against it, who rather not say a goddamn thing because they fee- they don't want to lose their fandoms or this or that. They want to do their own thing. Look, I do my own thing as well. But when I see something like this, you best believe I'm going to jump on it and help fight the good fight and defend the good defense. Okay? All right. The end of the year is coming down. It's time for us cosplayers, you know, to do the right thing, look out for our fellow PLC cosplayers, and just... And just be right, you know, do right by them. That's it. How hard is that to do? Not hard at all. And now that I've gotten off my soapbox, I am going to pass the soapbox over to Mako-chan, where she will give us the meat and potatoes of Vic. Yeah, so... um. I think it was last week or possibly the week before mm-hmm. we did discuss the fact that um, the courts were in session to figure out what, if anything, uh, happened. Uh, well, what, if anything, Vic would owe mm-hmm. um, yeah. based on the uh, the various... Mm-hmm. Um, Expenses and things like that. Um, We did have a tentative amount, Mm -hmm. but now we actually have a thorough breakdown of everything and what he is going to owe. And basically what it comes down to is uh, about $50,000 per person. Mm -hmm. Plus the fees. Mm Mm-hmm. Plus, basically, um, various monies, depending on whether or not he appeals or just goes through with everything. Um, What it finally totals out to after everything is about a quarter million dollars total. Woo, Lord, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, So, basically, it's everybody's getting their fees. Everybody's getting... Um, uh, looks like it's a $5,000, uh, yeah, uh, sanctioned in the amount of $5,000, which the court determines is sufficient to prevent the plaintiff from bringing similar actions in the future. Mm. So he's basically being forced to pay each person $5,000 just as a punishment. It's like, fool, you basically wasted everybody's time don't do this again now the opposite side of this is that a lot of people are looking at him to maybe appeal this but that in a lot of the legal situations and circles and things like that that i've been observing basically means he can't bring up any new evidence and there are parts of the other evidence that might get thrown out or not used or not be able to be used because of the course of law. I'm not a lawyer. Please do not take anything I am saying as legal advice or information. Mm -hmm. But this is just the general idea of 
if he does try to appeal, what will happen. Um, but yeah, so it, yeah, it's the shit show. Yeah. But it's I, finally it, wrapping up. Yeah. I think basically what it is, is that he does have the rights to appeal, mm-hmm. but he can only appeal for what he has already, you know, gone against. So he can't add yeah. any extra into it. He can't, you know, it's gotta be straight up what he already has presented. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's, that's really his own fault because at some point he basically just gave up because I think he realized that he got a really crappy lawyer. Mm-hmm. Again, don't um, trust uh, YouTube friends guys. It's not, it's not even that. I mean, Granted, the reason why that lawyer picked things up because that YouTube would ha- that you that the Vic's lawyer handled that YouTube's lawyer's um his uncle's re- estate or some shit like that. Now, given I laughed at the lawyer, but this type of lawyer handled that law firm actually handles that those types of cases. So you're like, okay, good. But when you have a lawyer that doesn't know how to handle that, you're kind of fucked. It, it's sort of like. If I had a law firm that handled, um, let's say, um, you know, let's say I own a real estate law firm and we handle real estate, defamation of character, copyright, It's whatever. free real estate. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Sorry, well, guys. Yeah, that too. But <laughs> if, if you came to me saying you need help with defamation of character or something like that, and even though my strong point is real estate, I take the case instead of having an associate who is strong with, you know, defamation of character. That's where the fuck up happened. And it also didn't help the fact that Vic was very smug about everything. He was in his mindset of believing that everything he said was right and correct and they were wrong. And if you don't believe me, go watch the tapes. There were also instances where he would say one thing and then disproved it uh, in the case of the rumors of him stating that uh, he he believed that they had conspired against him to keep him out of other conventions, except for that one email Mm. that was sent by those folks who sent it, you know. There, the rest of it was rumors, and you can't really base a court case on rumors. So again, it's 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 like I said when this came out yesterday, he was better off getting on the doing the, the I'm sorry I fucked up tour. That's what he should have been doing all the way across. Granted, you know most people probably he would probably get been forgiven, but he should have just done the right thing. In this case, he did not do the right thing, and from what I can tell, a case like this has set a precedence. So. I'm just just glad it's starting to wrap up and people who are needing their, you know, closure and their repayments and and things like that are finally getting like their justice. So definitely we'll see how it wraps up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of wonder because he did end up getting a, um, the GoFundMe. So I, I question whether or not that GoFundMe is going to go towards some of this. I have a feeling... Or if he's already spent it all. I have a feeling it's some of it's probably already been spent given to um, the lawyer's fees, you know? 
Yeah, initially I think that that's what the the meaning for it was. It was a war chest. At least that's what the title stated in the mm-hmm. GoFundMe was that it was a war chest. So that usually means that it's like defense for him. Um, but I'm sure that if there was any money left of it, because it was supposed to be about two hundred fifty thousand, right? It was about a quarter of a million. Yeah, but... two hundred sixty-three k. Yep. Okay, and but there's going to be a you know like twenty percent of that I'm sure is like GoFundMe's fees or whatever. So yeah, it was probably about you know two hundred thousand. And it just so blow, and it also blows my mind there are people still donating to it. But, I mean, yeah. that's the world, though, unfortunately, Ron. I like what you mm-hmm. were talking about earlier, where people just want to be nasty because they want to be nasty. There right. are people that still, you know, want to inherently believe that he is still a good person. And, you know, and it's an unfortunate situation and it's an unfortunate circumstances. But that's that's, you know, people have their free will and they'll exercise it how they mm-hmm. choose, you know, whether or not, you know, it fits a moral, you know, requirement of someone else now, again so I, I i will say and then we will move on to our next topic mm-hmm. i can't i refuse to defend vic i actually believed he was a changed man the few times i interviewed him and interacted with him and then all of this came out and i'm just like wow and, and as i said to a friend that you know how can you sit here and defend Vic for his actions when you can damn well know, and I, and I and I present this to everybody that's watching or listening, go through your social media, your Facebook, your Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, whatever. I guarantee you, more than half of your friends, especially your female friends, have been sexually harassed in one way or another. And I guarantee you, if you have responded to any of those that happened to your friend that you're ready to fight whoever harassed your friend, but you're going to sit here and give Vic a pass. I want you to think about that. Why does he get a pass, but the person that grabbed your, your friend's butt gets five fingers to the face? And if you're saying because of who Vic's stature is, that is an incorrect answer. doesn't matter who you are. No across the board. But if you can't denote the difference, then I, I can't help you. Maybe, I don't want to be that person say, maybe somebody close to you will be harassed in that way or even worse. It'll make you open up your eyes and realize, you know, where your head's been the whole damn time. And, and, and that's it. I, I just can't say any more about it. Plain as day. Anywho, moving right along. Uh, now, this is something I hadn't heard about in a very long time. Something like this, you you probably hear happening during the late 90s and early 2000s and the mid-2000s, or maybe even now because of materials, but somebody was selling bootleg anime weekend Atlanta badges and got busted. Yeah, I think the last time I heard about this was a similar instance at Otakon, and mm-hmm. it was, uh, you know, the case of someone either, I think it was stealing badges mm. at that point, that was stealing badges rather than forging them, um, which is what a Duluth, Duluth. Uh, woman uh, found herself in, 
earlier this year, or the, I guess it was like September, I think. Ha- oh, October, sorry. Yeah. Halloween weekend. Yeah. Uh, she faces felony forgery charges after police say she said she made and sold fake admittance badges to a four-day Japanese animation and comic book convention held in Cobb County, which was over Halloween weekend. Um, Julia Yunji Son uh, was 19 years old. So, yeah, uh, she was arrested around 5 p.m. on October 31st. So, happy Halloween there. Mm. Um, and she was actually arrested at the hotel where the convention was being held. She was probably, she was probably doing, like, a, a Facebook deal. And she would, because something like this, you have to present the badge in person nine times out of ten, so. Well, yeah, no. And then later in the article, they do say um, after she was released... On a $4,000 bond, um, she was charged with a single felony count of forgery in the first degree. Um, and basically, uh, the way that she was selling these badges was may- she made them for the anime convention, advertised them for sale as fakes on Facebook. Mm. Uh, said accused arranged for the sale via Facebook of six fraudulent badges for $150. Police stated in Son's arrest warrant, adding that the total market value of the badges was $480. She sold the fake badges to a woman posing as a buyer for convention management. Which, I I don't know what that exactly means. Like, if she was selling them to another convention I, I think she was, management? I think she was speaking like, on behalf of convention management. Probably. Oh, okay, because the way this sentence is written, yeah. grammar is important, friends, yes. that Oxford comma and all that. Um, a website for the convention sh- shows four-day passes to this year's event were 80. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no, wait, each. wait, wait. She was selling it to somebody posing as convention management. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. But, like, to me, I, I guess if they're trying to do, like, a sting operation mm-hmm. or something, like, that makes sense. But at the same time, like, I don't know. I guess this might be a case of like, what is it? Uh, idiots in the wild or something where it's like, yes, sell your fake tickets to management of another convention. Now, now here, here is my question. Now, if badges, I'm looking it up. Badges at the door for four day membership is $80. Why the fuck are you nearly triple doubling the cost of your badges? I mean, if you're trying to, you know, make a fast... No, it over... looked like she was selling a set of six for 150 No, no, no. Because it's saying the street value oh. is 480 Oh, okay. So if, oh, you're right, charging, right, right. if you're charging six times 150 okay. that is okay. way more than 480 yeah, I guess was yeah, how the sentence came across, yeah. So, I take that. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> well, math wasn't really my strongest subject, but still, It's okay. Yeah. 150 Man... I mean, gone are the days of buying a badge, going home, going to your printer, copying it, printing it on fancy on fancy paper, and handing it out. You know. Well, cons have Mm -hmm. been uh, gotten smarter Mm because thieves have gotten smarter, and now there are security moves like holographic stickers with the year printed on them, Mm -hmm. or black light symbols inside Mm -hmm. the badge that can only be seen and are specific design. And and RFID, don't forget that. Yep, RFID scanning chips. But but let's be real here. I mean, even RFIDs, you can you could if you have the right equipment, you could do. You know. 
But but in general, like cons are getting smarter because thieves are getting smarter. So don't be like this person, guys. Mm. Um, it was the event was first held in 1995 and is one of the top ten attended anime conventions in North America, and it attracted about I guess 30,000 people this past year. Um, it is considered to be um, in the top ten, I think. So it's like Otakon and. Um, especially yeah. on the East Coast and things like that, it probably ranges up there in that in that vicinity of, of people, the amount of people that attend it. Um, yeah, and this past Halloween weekend was filled with a lot of conventions. So you know AWNA had a huge attendance, uh, you know, up against conventions like NecoCon and a few other Comic Cons. That's that's pretty good. And yeah, don't 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 try and sell fake badges, guys. People no, find out. Don't. And uh, you get arrested. Yeah. I'm just like, wow. Just wow. Anywho. I, I think this is something that, that Mako Chan could get behind. And what that is is an otaku politician wants to propose laws to end hentai and pornography censorship. I, I'm all for that, because, I mean, if you can watch American porn censor-free, why not Japanese porn and hentai? I'm just saying. Now, the politician's name is Yamada Taro. He is an otaku politician, a weeb politician, if you will. And I think that's kind of cool that he came from being an anime fan to politician. We're starting to see that here with some people that are running for various offices. So keep up the good work, people. <laughs> now, what he wants to do, he wants to make changes to Criminal Code 175 so that hentai and pornography would no longer be censored. Now, you can find uncensored hentai and pornography. You just gotta know where to look. I mean, it's you can, but that type of stuff's really hard to find. Now, as this story goes, Article One Seventy Five of the Japanese Criminal Code prevents the distribution and sale of indecent material and its current interpretation, which includes pornography. By the way, there is an interesting series on Netflix called The Naked Director. It's basically the true story of Japanese adult videos, how it came to be from the 80s and on. It's actually a pretty good series. I'm kind of waiting on season two. Now, because of this law, anything with sexual contact, per se, when it comes to genitalia, has to be censored. Done. But the way it goes, it seems that this overrides Article 21, which is Japan's free speech law. Now, uh, as per this article, uh, Dan Kanemitsu, who contributes to the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund, explained the censorship was intended to prevent individuals from being accused of obscenity, even if the censoring was minimal. As he says here, for nearly 10 years, the industry standard was obscuring the crown of the penis 
and the clitoris, and instances of physical contact that constitutes a sexual intercourse would absolve the depiction of being obscene. The police seem to reinforce this mantra as they encourage censorship of various body parts and no more. Now, what's interesting, because of this, there is an episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure that had some censoring because it showed an epi- it showed um, Jotaro smoking a cigarette. Now, in the anime, at Star Crusaders, he's 17. The age of smoking in Japan is 18. So they had to censor it, so, you know. As you can see, it kind of goes back and forth, you know. Now, as for this uh, politician Yamada Taro of the Liberal Democratic Party, he gained a seat in the House of Counselors with 540,000 votes. Basically, he appealed to the otaku voters. So, I'm just saying, we have people running, trying to run for the Democratic nomination. He's going after the unions and this and that. Why don't you go after some, some comic book geeks? Speak to one of us. We have, I believe, Andrew Yang that's doing that, but we need more people to do that. Just saying. Basically, Yamada's platform is uh, is entirely around freedom of expression, which I think is a very good thing. You should be able to express and say how you feel within reason. Yamada has said that his proposal to end this is still in its beginning phases. So he's trying to do it in a way so that people get a better understanding of what's going on here. Uh, let's see. Basically, that's the long and short of it. He wants to uh, change the, the law so that you can see uncensored stuff. And it's not for the benefits of companies per se. It's just for the benefits of you because it's only fair. If we can see other things as normal and normalize it, this will fall under that way as well. So... I do hope he gets this together and he's able to properly present this to the House of Counselors and see where it goes from there. We'll be watching. Okay. Now, Mako, uh, tell us about Pokemon Sword and Shield. Granted that you're probably playing through the game as we speak. I plead the fifth on that. Uh-huh. <laughs> your, your switch um, is yeah. story. Your switch is in your lap, isn't it? I plead the fifth on that as well. <laughs> We're gonna get Detective Pikachu on this stat. <laughs> if not Detective Pikachu, um, Ryan Reynolds. I, I'll I'll take both. Okay. Lord. What? Anyway, so there's been a ton of controversy over, you know, this newest Pokemon game. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, a lot of people have been saying you've got to put your money where your mouth is. You know, if you don't like the game, don't like how it's being done, then don't buy it. Well, either the people that, you know, this game was actually going towards, which, you know, it's technically a children's game mm-hmm. us adults just like to play it yeah um but you know all of these people die hard fans uh whether they are 
as diehard fans as, uh, you know, others, or if they're, you know, Gen 1ers or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, the case may be. Otaku, if you will. Yeah. Um, so Entitled basically a lot otaku. of... Hmm? Entitled Otaku. That too. So basically, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of people talking smack and basically saying this game is not going to do well. This game is going to do crap. And then the company will realize it and make a good game. Mm. On that note, um, Pokemon Sword and Shield has become the fastest Switch game to sell six million copies. Mm-hmm. The up was put up. Yeah, so it was announced last Thursday uh, that Pokemon Sword and Shields has sold more than 6 million units worldwide in only its first week. It broke the record for first week sales of a Switch game. Um, It is now the fastest game to sell 6 million units. The game sold 2 million units in Japan alone. And then sold 2 million copies in the United States in the first two days. Bingo. Yeah. So, um, not for nothing, but I think this goes to show that this game is not for, you know, the hardcore players. The players that are looking for amazing graphics. The players that are looking for the game that they grew up with. This is a game for, you know, people that are just looking to play a Pokemon game. And, you know, six million units in a week. Don't lie. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, let me drop something on there. Now, up until the release of this game, I have been, quote-unquote, discussing, quote-unquote, arguing with people about it. I'm in the field of IT. I do hardware. I don't code. But I've done my own fair share of coding as a hobby, and I know friends who are coders and programmers. If you're going to sit here and say that Game Freak screwed up with the coding and so forth, unless you are actually in a field of programming, shut the hell up. Really, shut the hell up. Because you really don't know what you're talking about. Theoretically, one GameCube cartridge could hold all 1,800 Pokemon. Now, if you want them all in the game to play and to use, the graphic quality would be very minuscule. But, um... The way you see the characters in the game, that takes a lot of code within itself to emulate, to get the graphics going. So, you can't do it. Granted, they said, as a comment was, look at what they do with the 3DS. 3DS, you didn't need that much coding to get the graphics going. Plus, you have to understand, the Nintendo Switch is a quote is basically a modified Android tablet with the NVIDIA graphics chipset. So it's not going to be able to do it the way you want it to. Nintendo and Game Freak is working with the console and the programming the best that they can, and I think they did something really good with it. And also, you're in a new Pokemon region. Do you really think this region has 1,800 Pokemon running around? I want you to think about that. I completely agree with that. This game, you were able to catch 400 Pokemon. Um, 
And not for nothing, you're not going to be able to find every Pokemon in this region that mm-hmm. you should that you would find around the world. Yep. Just like you don't find every animal in the United States that can be found around the world. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, that would be really, really scary because, you know, some of those animals, I'm looking at you, Australia, <laughs> um, are just, you know, downright nightmarish. Mm. So, I'm I just, you know, people are going to continue to complain and they're still gonna throw money at it so but i just find it hilarious that you know people have been saying this game is gonna be crap it's not gonna be good they're gonna you know show that it's just a waste of money and yet it's their best-selling game yet yes it just it to me reflects the whole like mindset of like the fandom now with the whole in- you know the thing with Sonic where he got redesigned because of the fan feedback and the fan backlash basically mm-hmm. um which i think it was actually like partially a marketing thing but um you know well i will, I, 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 I will actually agree with you to a certain extent because the original design of Sonic came from the idea of the producer you have to understand, Sega told the producer, this is not a very good idea. Producer, trust me on this. It'll work. Paramount Pictures. I don't They'll think... love it. It's different enough to be good. Yeah, no. Yeah, no Paramount friend. Pictures said, yeah, no. And the producer <laughs> puts it out there. The entire fandom's like, hang him from a tree. But yeah, so I, I think a little bit of this is is the 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 marketing that like the troll marketing where it's so bad it must be good. Mm-hmm. Why is everyone saying it's bad? I need to buy and find out. Oh wait, it's actually a game that I like. And, and, Ooh, and who one, knew? Yeah, and one more thing about uh, the new Pokemon game. This is to all the Gen Oneers, the Gen Twoers, the old school fans. If you see somebody new playing the game, instead of giving them grief. Guide them along. Give them tips on playing the game because most likely you're playing the freaking game too. Show If you have a love for the fandom, show them some of the love too. And if they enjoy playing these new Pokemon games, show them some of the older ones. Get them into it, you know? That's how we should be doing. We should work together. Okay, next up. Um, an idle shop closes down. Aww. Yeah, unfortunately, a mainstay of idol culture and AKB48 uh, cafe and shop in Akihabara has closed after its eight-year stint. Um, The official blog for the cafe and shop announced on Monday that the cafe will close and cease operations on December 31st due to planned renovations in the area surrounding the Akihabara railway station. Mm -hmm. The staff is currently considering relocating the cafe, but has not made a decision. And the web service and tie-in passport app will be shut down on December 31st. The cafe opened in September 2011 and is themed after the AKB 48 Idol Group, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> the cafe served um, and still serves until December, obviously. Themed foods and drinks after the Idol Group and offers merchandise. It also has memorabilia and photos on display. The cafe 
has, is a five-minute walk from the theater where the idol group held its first performance in 2005 and has continued performing ever since. Cool. The cafe is also next door to a nine-year-old Gundam Cafe location in Akihabara, and the Gundam Cafe hasn't announced any plans to close, which I am thankful for because it was the one place that we forgot to hit up while we were there. Mm. Um, next yeah, time. So I'm, I'm imagining a little bit of these renovations is probably because of the upcoming Olympics, but we'll see um, what all happens, and maybe they'll come back bigger and better. Um, That's what yeah. I'm thinking. That's what I'm kind of hoping for. Yeah. But yeah, so we're going to go into uh, another, I guess, article on the Guinness World Records for longest animated show. And which it's is Saze. Yeah, I'm go sorry, ahead. go on, go on. Oh, okay, Saze san, yes. which extended and they earned another lead ax- actress. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> English, number one. Um, so, Midori Keto, the voice actress for Zeze in the anime of Machiko Hasegawa's Saze-san manga, received the Guinness World Record for the longest career as a voice actor for the same character in an animated television series on Sunday. In addition, the Guinness World Records Committee extended the world's records for longest-running animated television series to the Saze-san anime. Mm-hmm. It... In 2013, was also awarded the world record for the longest-running animated series. The anime of Hasegawa's family life manga, Saze-san, began airing in October 1969. That's a long time, guys. The anime is usually the highest-ranked animated series in Japan each week. Kato has voiced the title heroine since the anime's premiere. And the anime's 50th anniversary's plans include collaborations with television programs, an exhibit depicting the real-life families in the series, a sequel stage play set 10 years after the anime, and a live-action TV special set 20 years after the anime. So it seems like it's still going strong, and I don't see it going anywhere soon. Eat that, One Piece. (laughs) (laughs) Ranma's coming for you. Well, I will Um, have to say, I think a strong second behind Saze-san would probably have to be... um... Uh, case closed, better known as uh, Detective Conan. Maybe. Yeah, I'd say it's probably Detective Conan, or probably one of the other like smaller series, like Shinchan, or yeah. like something that's like mainstay. That's like every day. It's kind of like The Simpsons for us. Something that depicts real life, but in an approachable and maybe like funny way. And Those series are gonna be the things that stick. And now there's talk that Simpsons might be coming to an end. I and I am sorry for my mispronunciation, guys, in the chat. Uh, I think it, it uh, Shigiri is saying it's Sazaye, but I, I don't think that it has an extra pronunciation of the ye. Um, I thought it but was that Saze, is, you know, Saze, you know. I, 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 I mean, I, I don't speak a lot of Japanese. I do when I'm in there, but I don't do a lot of it, and I'm a little out of practice. Hmm. So it's okay. I appreciate the help. Um, I am definitely an English speaker first, and uh, I, I try to be good with foreign languages when I'm in foreign countries, but when I'm back here, I definitely have what might one might call an American accent. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But I appreciate it. Thank you. Boop, boop, boop. Yay. Sending love. Murica. Yes, thank you, Shiggity. Uh. Um <laughs> 
right. Now, I was supposed to take this next one, but, um, Marco, do you mind taking it instead? Uh, sure, I guess. Thanks. Because I realized be between the other two articles, because the other article I'm taking, the one I did, and the little soapbox thing, you know. That's fine. Right, thank you. Um, so, let me just see what's going on here. Um, yeah, so there's a controversy about, um, manga that is out right now, mm -hmm. in which a 40-something man's relationship with his daughter's schoolgirl friends, um, I guess is a big part of it? Yeah. Kind of reminds me of the movie American Beauty. So the manga reads like a pretty typical um, anime storytelling trope. Hardworking but melancholy male protagonist Kotsuke um, is sitting in a cafe one day when he spots some overly aggressive customers hitting on the new teenage waitress, Koto. Uh, after quick and clever thinking, he saves her from the situation and she offers to thank him later but he chivalrously declines. When the two unexpectedly bump into each other again in the hall at school, however, she asks him for his line messaging app contact, mm. and when he agrees to tell her, they begin a relationship that ends up affecting him on a deep emotional level. But this isn't a school romance story because he's 40 and she's legally a minor. Um, as a matter of fact, his daughter is one of Kodo's classmates, mm. hence the title, My Daughter's Friend. Uh, so, uh, Kosuke lives his life acting like an ideal man as a father in the home and a, an executive in the office. But meeting his daughter's friend Kodo causes a 180 degree change in his life. When he's with Kodo, he can be his true self and his worn down heart is healed, even as he knows this is an emotion that must not be embraced. A present to people who suppress themselves in modern society, this is a middle-aged man-meets-girl story. Um, yeah, this even just sounds creepy, just, yeah. yeah I, I mean, I can see it. I mean, it's one thing where you meet your one of your daughter's classmates... And you, and you know, you hang out with them, like taking them, like to, to the movies or whatever. As you know, father taking his daughter, and her friend, you know, like that, or you take them to an arcade. Like, here's money, go play. I'll catch up to you later. That I get, I completely understand that. But how is it your life is just so monotonous that this woman just? This girl just comes in and just opens your eyes. I mean, I can see it, but as somebody that young, I'm just like, no. No. Well, there's also, from what I'm seeing here, it's kind of controversial because there's also wordplay. Yeah. Um, so the official description, as the original Japanese states, is even as he knows this is an emotion that must not be embraced, it can also be translated as even as he knows that he should not have sex with her. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can the the wording that is used can mean both uh, hugs or intercourse. Uh, so some of the dialogue lines uh, point highly to an intimate relationship, 
and feature such lines as, if I hadn't met you, I'd have had a proper boring life. Just for today, why don't you take a break from being dad and section chief and just try being Kosuke? Being honest with yourself isn't such a bad thing. Who gets to decide what's right and wrong anyway? And while there are plenty of adult man sleeps with schoolgirl stories in the anime, manga, and Japanese video game sphere, mm-hmm. uh, the key is that you have to do a little bit of digging for some of these. This is, you know, straight up out there. And, you know, something that they're supposed to be trying to put a lid on? Welcome um, to the Tide Pod of relationships, guys. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, it's it's like you know, a father taking hanging out with his daughter and her friend, and it's like you take the dad cap off and you put the friend cap on, and you're all buddy buddy with them. Parents do that. I can see that. But being a parent but, friend. And being a romantic interest yes. for a 15-year-old girl that doesn't know the difference between mm-hmm. romance, infatuation, mm-hmm. and appreciation mm-hmm. and respect mm-hmm. for elders mm-hmm. is very mm-hmm. different. I that would... is why I'm calling it the Tide Pods of Relationships. Yeah, and Just... you're, I, I was going to get to that, but you got you make that valid point. It's like, and I, you know, he made this such an impact on her, and she's just like starstruck, and he's like, um, well, you know. You know, that's all I gotta say. If this manga comes out, I might pick it up just just out of morbid curiosity to see how it how it plays out. But you know, yeah, it it does basically say that um, the first collected volume went on sale in August. Mm-hmm. It didn't really attract major controversy. Um, however, it was you know basically early in November or mid November that. Uh, coincided with the release of the second volume that basically started, you know, bringing it to a greater light. Mm. Um, It does state that leafing through the first uh, selected chapters, um, there is no sexually explicit content. Uh, There are scenes where the two characters are conversing with their faces uh, in close proximity um, her cheeks get flushed, mm-hmm. and that doesn't seem to be a rare occurrence. Uh, but basically, um, yeah, it's it's a little, it's a little creepy. That's putting it lightly. It's like I, and if you want a better explanation of this, is that the best example? But it's one of the better ones that I know of. Go watch the movie American Beauty. Yeah, they even basically stated that it, it reads like it's an American Beauty story. Yeah. Theo X seventy five says grooming charges won't stick if she's eighteen. Good lord! Oh god. Moving on. We're going to be adults yes, about we're gonna, this yes. and not inappropriate. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about one of my favorite, uh, my, 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 one of my favorite mangakas, basically, my fa- which is one of my favorite series, 
where my name comes from. We're going to talk about Rumiko Takahashi, and we're going to bring up a little bit of Ranma One Half, which is like my all-time uh, anime and manga. You know, yeah. So according to this article on Sora News Twenty Four, um, it seems that there was a through uh, NHK. They put out a survey for best Rumiko Takahashi anime. This was going on for six weeks. So here are your top six. Number six, Rine. Number five, Arisa Yatsura 2, the movie Beautiful Dreamer. Number four, Arisa Yatsura. Number three, Maisuni Koku. Number two, Ranma One Half. And number one, because she's a fangirl, and I know she'll love this, Inuyasha. Yep. There you go. <laughs> Basically, for those of you who don't know, Inuyasha is a story of a time-traveling schoolgirl who falls into a well and then falls in love with a dogman, okay, who is Inuyasha. And that pretty much got the 90.8% of his votes from the female fans. Now, what's interesting is, Number two, Ranma One Half, very popular with, with the female crowd. That got 80.4% of the votes, which I thought was pretty cool. Now, we're going to talk about best character. Number six, Kyoko Otanashi from My Koku. Number five, Ranma Saltome, girl type from Ranma One Half. Number four, Shampoo from Ranma One Half. Number three, Seshomaru from Inuyasha. Number two, Lum from Yurusei Yatsura, also known in the States as Lum Yurusei Yatsura. And number one is Inuyasha from Inuyasha. And I figure, you know, that's not Mako-chan's uh, favorite uh, dude in the series. So who is it? Who's my favorite? Yep. And I, I don't know. It depends on the storyline. <laughs> I would have guessed on uh, Moroku through and through. Well, no, I do. I do like Moroku, but mm -hmm. that's more along the lines because I cosplay as Sango and I do like Moroku's backstory and all of that when he's not being a womanizing bastard. <laughs> um, but, but if, if we're really going to be honest, it's all about fluffy Sama. <laughs> Sesho Maru. Of course. Or as I like to call him fluff daddy. It's Fluffy-sama. <laughs> Not to get real Glacius Fluffy, right? Right. <laughs> that is a completely different set of fluff. Mm -hmm. And going further down, best song, Rumiko Takahashi song from our series. Number six, Hidamari from My Koku. Number five, Grip from Inuyasha. Number four, Kanishimi Yo Kanichiwa from My Koku, which is actually one of my favorite uh, themes. Number three, Jajuma Ni Saisenaide, which is the opening theme to Ranma One Half. Yay. Number two, Change the World, opening theme to Inuyasha. The double that was actually pretty good. I like that. Mm -hmm. And number one, Lum's Love Song from Yurisei Yatsura. <laughs> and then further down in the poll, Best episodes of Takahashi's five major anime series. Best Yurisei Yatsura episode was episode 67, Kimi, Shara, Kimi Sarishi Ato. Best Maisen Ikoku episode, episode 96, Kono Ai Aru Kagiri, Ikoku Kan Ha 
Aini. Best Ranma One Half episode, episode nine, Atome Hakusho, Kamiha Ana no Inochinano. For those of you who don't know, that's when that was the episode where Ranma and Ryoga were fighting. Ryoga threw his belt as a blade. Ranma ju- uh, avoided it. Akane jumped up, and her hair just got cut. It was that. The saddest episode. Yes. But so much character development, so. I think My Koku is on um, Hulu. I might pop in an episode. As for Ranma, you can't see because of the clothes, but up on the shelf, I have the entire series on Blu-ray, so I'm very happy about that. And now that we got to the end here, it's time for the part of the show that everybody really likes. Meanwhile in Japan, where yet again, uh, Mako-chan will give us some interesting articles and we see how we respond to them. Yeah, nothing really crazy. Um, it is, you know, kind of slow news week. It's probably as the holidays or something. I'm surprised you... I want to take the second one! I'll take, I'll take the first one. I'm surprised you didn't post an article about the all-you-can-eat KFC uh, restaurant. No, that was a couple of weeks ago. Mm. I mean, that would have counted for catching up for lost time, but, you know. It is what it is. I hear they're opening up a buffet-style restaurant in the States, though. That would be kind of Or was of that cool. Popeye's? I don't know. I honestly don't know. So, let's go ahead and discuss the first ta- story. Tokyo's Yomiri Giants baseball players cross-dress in a beauty contest for fans. Wow. In a country where baseball is huge, no team is bigger than Tokyo's Yomiri Giants. They're so well-known, they're basically compared to the New York Yankees. Due to the fact they're acquiring top players with ease and very needing very little promotion. But that's not to say that they're active when it comes to publicity stunts. Their latest marketing scam- uh, campaign is seven of their players cross-dressing on Instagram for a project called Giants Fan Fiesta 2019 supported by DAZN. Well now. This is going to happen, which already happened a few days ago on November 23rd. Now, they had this at Tokyo Dome. Now this is called, dubbed, Giants Beauty 1. The beauty contest has players competing for likes on Instagram to see who will be crowned the most popular uh, person. Oh my god. You have one of them dressed in a maid outfit. One as a flight attendant. Oh good lord almighty. What? They're cute. And you have one in a a chungasm. Oh. Of course you find them cute. You have one in in a traditional kimono. Wow. Okay. I I I I'm going to have to sh- I'm going to have to share this. I I I really am going to have to have to share this. I'm going to have to check it out. It sounds really cute. Of course, of course you find it cute. They're adorable. Shush. Hey, as Eddie Izzard says, if they're clothes on people, they're not gendered clothes. They're their per- that person's clothing. So, ha. Fine. Fine. See if I can actually get the stupid... If I can actually get it to actually scroll. Eh. Damn it. 
interact again. Huh. I can't even get this, the thing to scroll. I tried. I'll have to play around with it later. Yeah, now, now the arrow keys won't do. It's supposed to interact and scroll with the real mouse. That's supposed how it's supposed to work, so... Well, you know what? I'll just paste it in the chat here so y'all can enjoy that. Wow. Well, moving on from beauty contests and baseball, uh, we're going to be moving on to Harajuku Station, which unfortunately will be demolished after the Tokyo Olympics and the Paralympics. After three years of consultations and back and forth and meetings, the fate of Tokyo's oldest wooden station building has finally been revealed. Back in June 2016, East Japan Railway announced that it would be rebuilding Harajuku Station ahead of the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. And while the new design promised a more modern building, better able to cope with the huge crowds of commuters in the area, they were yet to make a decision on whether they would be able to preserve the old building or somehow merge it into the facade of a new one. The old station and its narrow footpath became heavily congested during events, and passengers are set to increase dramatically during the Olympics and Paralympics. Now, after three years of consultations with local retail associations and the Shibuya Ward, where the station is located, JR East has come to a decision over the fate of the near-century-old building, and the conclusion that they've reached is that the old station needs to be demolished. While the building, which was built in 1924 in a European style, is Tokyo's oldest modern station and a historic landmark, the structure itself isn't sufficiently fire-resistant and therefore needs to be taken away for safety reasons. Mm. A JR East representative said, There are people who voiced opinions over wanting to preserve its long history, but for the safety reasons, the decisions were made to demolish the building. The wooden building will be torn down after the Olympics and Paralympics in Tokyo and replaced with a new one currently being built adjacent to it with a grand opening scheduled for the 21st of March next year. While the new station will take over operations when it opens, the final completion date for the work at the site is scheduled for the 31st of August 2021, a year after the Olympics Games. Um, while the old station building will disappear from the landscape, JRE says they will honor the structure by using fire-resistant materials to recreate the European look as much as possible with the new building. However, plans for the new modern-looking two-story structure, which include a new entrance to the Meiji Jingu, uh, the side of the station, which is the, the Meiji Jingu is the, the way to the temple, um, show a building that looks worlds away from the original. And a lot of people and Japanese netizens were saddened because this station, being one of the oldest buildings in Japan, has become quite a historic and sentimental area for a lot of folks. Say things like, no, this is such a tragedy. It's always sad when history becomes a secondary consideration. As the station closest to Meiji Jingu Shrine, the old station building was perfectly suited for the historic location. I'm crying for Japan. Um, can they relocate it? Relocation is a must. Um, they have relocated and preserved a number of historical buildings in the past in Japan, but they're not sure about this particular station. But given the changes that the capital is currently looking at, um, with new buildings popping up all over Shibuya ahead of the Olympics and the Paralympics, they want to make sure that Japan continues to thrive and it, it, 
the new is becoming an increasingly bigger issue. So mm. I'm kind of sad that it's changing, but I, I've mentioned this before in a lot of other outlets, social media and stuff like that, where I'm afraid for Japan. When, the, when we went earlier this year and we visited Tokyo and we were in the Shibuya Ward and all that, I don't think that they're ready for the crowds that are going to come with the Olympics. I am afraid. <laughs> I am afraid for all the horror stories that are going to come out of there. Yeah, the thing mm-hmm. is, most places are not really equipped for the increase in traffic, uh, especially since a lot of the places that are chosen are already at max capacity due to tourism itself. So yep. to add even more in you know such a small area, is it's going to be hell. Oh yeah, and it's not it's not just a small area, but the accessibility is is pretty nil. Like they have elevators and they have place ways to get areas, but they're always so small. Um the fact that they already have issues with rude tourists and people who don't respect, you know, foreign countries, you know, that's mm-hmm. going to be super fun. Uh-huh. Exactly. Uh, all right. Um, Marco, you said you wanted the last one, right? Uh, yeah, it's the only one left. All right, just making sure. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like I can make up one now off the top of my head. Knowing you. I probably could. Breaking anyway, news. <laughs> yeah, breaking news from Japan. Uh, yeah, let's not. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, when the first movie came out, Japan was, you know, very much in frozen fever. And now that the second movie has come out, Japan has, you know, jumped on that real quick. So there is already uh, cafes that are out. Um it's out in theaters in Japan. Marketing company Legs has created a special food menu inspired by the wintry world of the new movie to be served in seven popular cafes around the country. So two will be in Tokyo, one in Fukuoka, Osaka, Kyoto, Nagoya, and Sapporo. And it's all, you know, character themed uh, it's featuring all of the characters, Anna, Elsa, Olaf, and some of the new characters that are in there. There is a selection of health-conscious foods. So there is a Anna-inspired Anna soup and sandwich set that would run you about $22, which is composed of a toasted chicken and cheese sandwich and hot tomato soup. But that also... Um, it, for an extra 16, you can get the bowl that the soup is in. Mm. Not for nothing. Um, for $22, this is, you know, outlandish. Um, but, yeah, that's that's Japan and their, you know, character and story cafes and all of that. Um, but I'm looking at this. It does kind of look like it's two smaller sandwiches and a bowl of soup. So maybe that you know, kind of cuts down on the $22. Anyway. It's also Disney, and Disney in Japan has a following. 
Yes, yeah, it it's they they get a lot more cute stuff, um, but at the same time, twenty two dollars. Oh my god. Um, so yeah, so there are ice cold drinks and hot drinks. So there's a refreshing lemon smoothie inspired by Elsa that is about nine dollars, unless you want to uh, keep the commemorative coaster, and then you're looking at about seventeen. There's a warming cheesecake milk tea, which is, again, about, you know, $9, $10. And if you want to keep Ooh. the mug, you're looking at almost 25 Flip it on eBay for $50. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also a lot of uh, limited edition goods. There's going to be Christmas tree ornaments, magnets, keychains, drawstring bags, post-it sets, cell phone cases, and a crap ton more. Making that Mickey money. Mm-hmm. Buying more than about 3,000 yen worth of goods, that's about $30, you will get a free limited edition ballpoint pen, and visitors who reserve their table ahead of time and order food at the cafe will get a free frozen lunch mat, which comes in four varieties and will be distributed randomly while supplies last. Well, damn. Uh, there are... a a lot of these types of cafes that come out. Um, and this seems to be that it's going to be lasting a little while. Um, this also says that during, uh, for starting on December 20th, each of the cafes will be holding an Olaf and holiday event. Um, this special Olaf centered celebration will feature a special menu inspired by the happy go lucky snowman. And, of course, even more limited edition goods. But if you buy one, you'll also get a free limited edition holiday greeting card. Well, now. And, yeah. Um, so it does look like they will be serving the frozen items starting on, uh, like, they'll be, it, they're getting the items different, um, different times. So uh, Osaka, Nogoya, and Sapporo will be starting on December 5th. Uh, Fukuoka and Tokyo are starting November 29th. And Kyoto is starting December 6th. And each one has different end periods, but the promotion will end entirely by February 2nd. To quote uh, one of our chatters in that chat room here at uh, Twitch TV slash Anime Jam Session, Shigate one says they should just let it go. What? I thought that was funny. Wah, wah, wah. Fine, fine, fine. QN credits? Yeah, I guess. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you for everyone for watching uh, episode 429 of Anime Jam Session. Even though we had a little bit of technical difficulties in the beginning, we were able to push through and get it up and running. So thank you so much for watching and participating and listening. If you have any questions about the show, drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that is podcast at animejamsession.com. We want to know what's up. We're here to believe you. And don't forget to check out our website at animejamsession.com where you will find links to our uh, cosplay photography, um, convention videos. You'll also find our anime reviews, 
convention reviews, editorials, cosplay tips and tricks, cosplay interviews, and so much more, including our weekly podcast. And that's all at AnimeJamSession.com. But what if you don't have time to check out the podcast on our site? Glad you asked. You can find us on Google Play, iTunes, uh, Pocket Cast, any app that you use, use for, po- for podcasting, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, you can find us. Look up Anime Jam Session and you'll find us there. Some of these apps, you can leave a little review. So you know what? Drop a review. We'd love to know what you think of the show. We're always looking to make things a little bit better for everyone across the board. And don't forget, you can find us on social media. Uh, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, it all leads back to Anime Jam Session. And I just want to say to everybody that listens to our show, checks out the photos and videos on our web, on our Facebook and our YouTube, those who participate with us on Twitch, thank you so much. We couldn't do the show without you. We really appreciate your love and support. So now we're going around the room. Last words, Mako-chan. Uh, yeah, happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Last words, Ichigo. Love to eat turkey. (laughs) I kind of wish I could play that this year, but... I know. (laughs) I have to re-download it. Uh, My last words, I am going through my list for Black Friday, and bring it on. Well, that is it. End of list. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode, and Ari Rockefeller will be back to join the foray. So Yay! we'll know what he, we'll ask to see what he's been up to for a little bit. We'll have a bit of a fun time next week. Uh, don't forget, we will be doing episodes, uh, which is next week, the tenth and the seventeenth, and after that, we will be on break till twenty twenty. So enjoy us while you can. Okay. So that's it. End of list. We're gonna get up on out of here. So. I'm Ranma. I'm Mako-chan. And I'm Ichigogami. Great fight, great night. See you next week. Good night, everybody. Say good night, Ichigo. Good night, Ichigo. Say good night, Mako-chan. Good night, Mako-chan. That's it. We're done. See you next week. in this episode for now the views opinions and thoughts expressioned on the show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole but we're still right damn it for transcripts of this episode start typing check us out at animejamsession.com and vognetwork.com for more information about us and other programming jamatane <laughs> <laughs>